Hello and good day to you. Welcome back to the Brain Body Resilience Podcast. I am still your host, JPB, and this is episode number 135. Today, I want to revisit nervous system hygiene and give it some more attention. I talk about it a lot. I use that phrase a lot anyways, and I am frequently asked about what that actually is. What is nervous system hygiene and how do you do it? And the answer, like most things dealing with humans, is it depends, which is an awful answer when you want something definitive. And it depends because there is no magic formula. There is no quick fix. There is no one right way to do this thing because everyone needs a little something different, and we all need different things at different times. One tool is not going to be right for everyone or even one person all the time. I introduced nervous system hygiene in episode number 70, and I'll link that in the show notes so it's easy to find. You can go back and listen to that. I think the best place to start with is with the reminder that You cannot live your best life in survival mode, and you have the ability to interact with your nervous system and to flip the switch on your state of being, to build a better relationship with your physiology so that you can work with it and not fight against it or push against it, or just stay stuck not knowing what the hell is going on and feeling out of control and feeling overwhelmed and just coping with the stress and the anxiety and all of the, you know, effects of the world burning down around us, and all of our personal uh, life contributions to that as well. So we can use nervous system hygiene to practice balancing between our sympathetic, our fight and flight side of our nervous system and our parasympathetic, the rest, repair, learn side of our nervous system to complete the stress cycle each day so that we can have a little space and buffer before our stress hits our threshold and just boils over. We have stress every day and we have to learn to navigate to use it and release it each day as well. Along with releasing the immediate daily stress and arousal energy so that it doesn't build up, we are also practicing creating patterns in our brain and body that serve us by practicing stress and practicing bringing ourselves back to a calm and balancing between the two sides of that autonomic nervous system. So let's start with a definition of hygiene. What is nervous system hygiene? It is, uh, let's, let's start with hygiene. I got ahead of myself. I found a couple of, of different definitions that I liked here. Um, number one being conditions or practices conducive to maintaining health and preventing disease, especially through cleanliness. Hygiene, noun, a science that deals with the bringing about and keeping up of good health in individuals and groups. Conditions or practices as a cleanliness that are aids to good health. I see a lot missing there. I don't see anything there about supporting the nervous system 
the other systems, immune endocrine systems, which are very important to maintaining health and preventing disease in the body and brain. So if we're talking about hygiene, those things need to be included. And under those definitions, there was a space for education. It says, uh, hygiene education includes teaching practices for keeping our bodies, our homes, our natural surroundings clean. Personal hygiene education is one of the most powerful barriers to stopping the spread of disease that can be carried through water. Uh, That article was specific to diseases carried through water. Um, So not in nervous system hygiene, but I thought this was really interesting because the education piece is what is missing so often. And so what about learning to keep our internal environment also clear and free of disease? not just the outside of our bodies. Personal hygiene, all of the things that are listed here provide ways to clean and care for our body on the outside. We shower, we wash hands, we brush teeth, etc. to keep from collecting unpleasant and even harmful buildup on the outside of our body. Um, So why aren't we taught how to do the same thing from the inside out? to clean and care for our nervous system so we aren't building up unpleasant and harmful both physiological and psychological debris. Nervous system hygiene is how we practice bringing about and keeping up good health from the inside out. That's what it is. It's the practice of creating space to build awareness, to process daily stressors, intentionally building patterns and habits with the mind and the body that help to reduce the stress that contributes to almost all of the illnesses that we face today. And when we are not paying attention to these hygiene practices, um, I thought this was, this was a fun little snippet from all of these definitions, um, on my Google search. And it says just a, one of the little click down tabs. What are the effects of poor hygiene? It can cause sickness, disease, also cause social rejection, may also lead to bullying, low confidence, and self-esteem. And I think this is interesting because while that's, I think about like, you know, nobody wants to be the stinky kid. It's also, if, if this is what is caused by not taking care of your external hygiene, what is happening when we are not taking care of our internal hygiene, our internal state? A lot of these same things and much worse, leading to anxiety, depression, low confidence, low self-esteem, shame, judgment, criticism of ourselves and others, the breaking apart of communities. A lot of the things that we see happening in our societies, and I do firmly believe that if we all had a better understanding of ourselves, our internal environments, how to navigate, we are not stuck in threat mode, in survival mode, where we are just concerned about surviving and the perspective that that gives us, we would be much uh, in a much better place to build community and help each other as well. So uh, that is my definition of nervous system hygiene. And we've got five basic principles here. Number one, build awareness. And that comes from the nervous system hygiene the education on nervous system, how it functions, how you work as a human being. You have to know a little bit about how you work in order to manage yourself. And then also building awareness around 
Your body's signals, paying attention to yourself, learning to not ignore yourself. And this is something that a lot of us have to learn because we have practiced ignoring ourselves and dissociating from our body sensations. Number two, identify. Identify where the stress is coming from. Identify where we feel it. What does it feel like? Are you clenching your jaw? You're scrunching up your forehead. Do you feel it in your gut? Do you have digestive issues? Do you have constant tension headaches? How is it showing up? Uh, racing thoughts. There's, I have, there's a whole list. Um, maybe we'll just do an episode on symptoms. That, that's, I've had people who, uh, in workshops, when I have listed out a lot of the symptoms, like the, that aren't, I think in the front of our minds, when we think about what stress can do, or what it might feel like, how it manifests and shows up, um, that people have been surprised about. So maybe we'll do that. Um, and then number three, evaluate. What am I feeling and how can I use this information I have to pick the tool that's useful right now? And what tools are useful in what setting? Which tools seem to work the best in the moment that I need them for emergency purposes and which ones are helpful for daily practice? How are the tools working and which ones come easy and which ones need my attention? Which ones are a little bit more difficult? Which tools do I actually enjoy most and which ones am I trying to force on myself? Because that's not, that's leads to a whole other uh, area of trouble there. And then how can I assess and readdress, readjust to stay consistent? And then am I just going through the motions, which will be the case sometimes, but if that's all of the time, it's not going to work as well. And then number four, practice. Practice the tools that are most useful and usable in each moment with consistency. And number five is prevent. By continuing to bridge the gap between the attention paid to the mind and the body and practicing the hygiene tools to create a better relationship with your physiology, you can prevent stress overflow, burnout, and overwhelm. So now that we have a solid definition and a reason why we're doing this thing, and we have an outline for how to build our practice, let's look at what tools we have to build with. Number one, breathing. It is the number one anchor tool. Breath awareness and control is number one because it is your switch to access your nervous system and shift your state of being and build patterns that you want going forward. There are a ton of different techniques in breath work, different types of breath work, and which ones are needed depends on what you're needing in that moment and your physiology. The same type of breath work is not going to work for everybody. And the same type of breath work is not going to be useful for you in every situation, which again is why understanding how we work, understanding how your breath functions is useful because then you know how you can breathe to calm yourself down, how you can breathe to energize yourself and stimulate your brain and how you can breathe to switch between the different sides of your nervous system. So again, that education piece. Uh, number two, movement. And again, what kind of movement? It depends. It's the worst answer and the most true. Sometimes it will be mobility and release techniques like stretching, Pilates, yoga. Sometimes it will be resistance and strength work. Sometimes it will be high-intensity sprints or CrossFit-style interval training. Sometimes it will be 
aerobic, low-intensity, steady-state work like walking, biking, swimming, dancing. Um, It can be somatic release and movements focusing on the vagus nerve stimulation, shaking, moving that arousal energy, all, you know, those types of things. Sometimes it's just going to simply be breathing, which you may not have thought of as movement, but it is. I think the way that we think about movement is uh, key here as well, because movement is not just for fitness. It is not just for trying to look a certain way, aesthetic. It is necessary for mental health and cognitive function. Our brains grow and change as we move. And so is our understanding of ourself and our internal state. So movement is absolutely key. So think of movement and breath work as the foundation. These are the first things to go to, and then we can build from there. So once we have at least one tool that we can use as our anchor the one thing that we know we can turn to to find some grounding to help balance and create some space, then we can look at the basics. How is your nutrition? How is your sleep? How is your hydration? These are all key factors in how much stress you have and how incoming stress affects you and how well your system is prepared to handle the ups and downs that happen daily. And then we've got other tools to help sharpen the practice And some you might find a daily use for, and some will be emergency use, and then others might just throw in there from time to time to spice things up. These other tools are, um, you know, this is not an exhaustive list, but things like gratitude practice, which we know is great for your brain. It's been shown to actually shrink your kind of fear response, your amygdala area, and um, increase connectivity in your frontal lobe which gives you more access to compassion and gratitude, or I'm sorry, compassion and um, empathy, both for yourself and others. Mindfulness, meditation, all three of those things have been proven to lower stress and have significant benefits for the brain. Also active and intentional creation of joy, self-compassion and self-trust practices, using your sensory systems to learn to listen to your body, grounding techniques, also being intentional about what you put in your mind and your body, your whole diet, what you read, what you listen to, all of that affects your nervous system. And then working on the other things like vagus nerve stimulating tools and cognitive reframing uh, tools and emotional awareness tools. These are the ones that you might need help with because again, or you may need help with all of them. I don't know. We are not taught these things, and these are not things you're just supposed to know. We don't know what we don't know, and most of us were not taught how to navigate these things, even something as simple as breath. I don't know how many times I've heard people like, oh, I didn't know I was breathing wrong. And that's not it. You're not breathing wrong. But there are more beneficial ways to breathe if you're looking for a certain outcome. There are more beneficial ways to breathe to make your systems work in a more functional way. So nervous system hygiene is just how you generate wellness throughout your day. Wellness isn't something that just comes. It is a state uh, of action, not a state of being. It's about the actions that you take, which ones you take most frequently. So if you're looking to build a more sustainable nervous system hygiene routine, I've got you. The links are both discovery call, which is just to learn more and see if it's a good fit for you. 
Um, and then the link for the Manager Stress Mentorship are both there. So if you've got questions, I'm here. I'm going to leave it there today. We've uh, gone over a lot, but I hope that clears up what nervous system hygiene is and that it's not just a specific thing. There's no kind of prescription because we all have to build our own routines and there is a framework uh, to help guide it. But what works for one person may not work for the next because we all have different experiences informing our nervous system patterning and functioning. And what we need is different. And what we need daily is different, depending on what we're going through, what stage of life we're in, what seasons we're in, what we're dealing with. So that's it. That's all for today. I'm wishing you a beautiful week. Thank you for being here. You know that I appreciate your time and attention. And um, if you found this episode useful, please do share it with a friend or someone who might find use of it as well. Until next time, we'll do this again next week. Peace out.